I don't know what your police captain told you about me, but I'm a different breed of podcast. I'm from the streets, and I'm the last podcast. Welcome back, listeners, to the last podcast. Last time we had with us Meredith Nudo, and this time we have with us... V. Ramos. V. Ramos. Welcome, V. Thanks. Uh, when was the last time that y'all had a podcast? Or what was the last podcast you were on? Um, the last one I did was uh, Broad Thoughts with Adriana. And we recorded on imposter syndrome. Uh, but there were a few little glitches in the audio, so we haven't released it yet. Because oh, we need that's to go back worst. and either edit it or re record again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was about a month ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Time flies. Time has gone by so fast. And, you know, things with the podcast have just been going a lot slower because I'm in grad school and yeah. she's got a full-time job and our schedules are always like, yeah. when can we do When can we do this? We're getting old and busy. I know. When was the last time uh, you were on someone's podcast? Uh, Bob Morrissey's The Healing Club. Okay. Uh, I've been going on that... Uh, He's had me on three times, and I think oh, at wow. the end of this month, he'll have me on again. Oh, wow. So, yeah. No, it's been fun. Uh, I really enjoy how kind of, like, I guess, like, real he gets, you know? Like, because he, he is a guy that, like, has experienced trauma and such, you know? Mm-hmm. He was in the Army, and he's seen some shit, and he's a, a gay individual, you know? And mm-hmm. so, uh, I do enjoy how he's willing to talk with these subjects of people and at least attempt to grow, you mm-hmm. know. But it's nice. That's cool. I haven't seen Bob in a while. Yeah. It's been a minute. He's out there. <laughs> he's out there. Uh, when was the last time you went to a comedy show? Ooh. Uh, probably about a year ago. Yeah. Before Maybe, things shut down. Yeah, right before things shut down. No. I think it was right before Secret Group shut down. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think they were, they started doing like um, the distancing and had tables. Yeah, they kept open for a bit. Yeah. And that was the last show I went to. Oh, man. I'm excited for the reopening. I'm going to that. I am too. Yeah. I'll definitely have to see if Adriana will come with me. Um, What was the last movie you saw? Uh, the last movie I saw was, oh, it was just recently. I think I watched it on Netflix. Hmm. It was a scary movie. That's all I remember. Was it any good? Uh, I mean, not really. Yeah. Scary <laughs> movies are such, like, hit or miss. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't memorable. Yeah, because <laughs> I can't even remember the name of it. Sorry, movie. Right? What was the what was the last funny movie you saw? Uh, so there's a new movie out, uh, animated movie mm-hmm. by the people who did the intro to, into the Spider Verse. Okay. Uh, it's called The Mitchells versus the Machines. Uh, it's really good, and my niece is obsessed with it. So every time she's over, uh, we have watched it. So I've seen it four times. Now. Okay, <laughs> so you know yeah. it all. Uh, almost, yeah. Memorized. It's very funny though. Very good, uh, and the animation is just incredible. It's just like how far we've come huh. with animation. Is it what platform is it on? Netflix. Okay. Yeah, go check it out. Yeah, I definitely think it holds up for both adults and kids. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Um. 
What was the last thing you got at the store? Ice cream. Oh, delicious. <laughs> Chocolate. Because mm-hmm. I just got my teeth pulled. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and so... How, I, how are you feeling? Better. Yeah. It's just, I can't really eat real food. <laughs> it's like ice cream. At least you get to eat ice cream. Mashed. I know. That's probably why I'm so tired. Because oh, it's, it's like the, the sugar, sugar crash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I just had one. Um... I can ask. What was the uh, what was the last time someone gave you a plant? A plant? Yeah. I, I can't say ever. Really? really? Yeah. Never. Never. Oh, okay. Uh, I was. Uh, when was the last plant you got? You have a lot of plants. The last plant I got was this little. Uh, what is that? A moss ball? It's a moss ball. Yes. Wow. It's in a jar. <laughs> And it's got a sun hat floating on top. <laughs> top, top of <laughs> kind of like a melted snowman. That's so cute. That's funny. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, what was the last plant you named? The last plant I named was, is in my bedroom. It is a um, a philodendron, and I named it Rocky Horror. Because it is, it reminds me of Rocky Horror's lipstick because it's like a dark red, oh. and and the leaves are like just dark looking. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the last thing that you built? The last thing that I built was this desk. How'd that go? Uh, it was really quick. I had to assemble it. Yeah, it looks like a nice, simple desk. Yeah, it took maybe like 10, 15 minutes to put together. No screws. You just kind wow, of... Wow, it just all slides together. Yeah, it just slides together. And then you can take it apart and lay it flat and store it. That is very convenient. Yeah. Yeah. I needed a I needed a work desk and I was like, well, and I should make it standing because I don't want to have to sit. Yeah. yeah. That's smart. I wish I had a standing desk. It helps with posture for sure. Um, what is the last thing you painted? Uh, so I started taking an oil painting class in January, but I only was able to take two classes, and then I got COVID, and so I had to step back mm. for a bit. Uh, luckily, it was only a very light case. I only had like a headache and fatigue. Uh, but I was working on an animal portrait. We had for our the first painting that we had to do was like a portrait of animals or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was going to do a piece on ants because I really enjoy myrmecology and the study of ants and just the way that these creatures basically kind of like are so beneficial to our planet and mm-hmm. the way they communicate and everything. It's just there's so much that we could learn from ants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was going to also, uh, before the paint dried, I was going to put it in an ant pile and let ants get stuck to the piece. Mm. So it would have, like, real ants on it. Oh. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, I know. I, I am also, like, a little sad, but it, it's for the art. <laughs> but the ants! <laughs> if I was that ant, I would do it. I would be like, this This sacrifice for I don't know. For art. They'd be like, this has to benefit us somehow. I, uh, I'll, I'll, I will, if I ever sell the piece and I... Uh, slaughter ants for it. Um, I will donate the money to. Uh, so there's this 
uh, YouTube channel, uh, Ants Canada, mm-hmm. and this guy has built his career off of basically like having ant farms. Oh wow! And like he's gained like millions of followers, and at this point now he's building basically a Jurassic Park for ants in like South America or something like that, and so basically like ant. Uh, Myrmecologists or mm-hmm. people who are interested mm-hmm. can like travel to this place and study ants in the wild. That's uh, so crazy. Right? It reminds me of uh, when I lived in Cameroon in West Africa. We had black army ants in Cameroon, or they are there, and they travel in like herds and herds, yeah. and they move very quickly through spaces, and they will just. You know, they're on a fucking mission, right? Like, <laughs> we're gonna fuck shit up. Yeah, and they just come through, like literally, like everything's fine. And then the next minute, you just see like a giant, like circ- black circle moving across your kitchen floor and like over the counter and over the couch and oh out gosh. the door. And there's nothing you can and do. And there's nothing you can do. And they're just on a mission, doing whatever they need to do. And you need to get the fuck out of the way. And it's so beneficial to our planet, too. Like. <laughs> I remember the first time I was like, ah! I like, I was like standing, I was like, you know, up against the wall and like standing on things. Because so like, what happens if you get in the way? Oh, they will they eat just, you. Yeah, they like, will you're just. Dead. You're dead. Yeah, they will bite you. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Uh, imagine like uh, bigger creatures doing the same thing. You know, like <laughs> cats. It, yeah, well, horses. You know, every once in a while, horses would just not stop. They just keep going through things. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Uh, what was the last pet you owned before Puma? Um, I owned dogs, and I also grew up on a goat farm. Oh. With my grandparents in Mexico, and so I had a pet goat named Be- Betty. Betty. Mm-hmm. What happened to Betty? We ate her. <laughs> Rest in peace, Betty. I know. Well, I mean, like. Uh, the way I see death is like uh, things that die basically become the environment. Yeah. And so it's like for sure. I agree with that. Betty is here. Yeah, you know, Betty. Betty's here with us right now. Is her DNA is now in me? Yeah, yeah. you're you're one with Betty. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, what is the last pet you've owned? Have you ever owned a pet? Yeah. So. Uh, it was, I, I owned a Papillon for 12 years, Flash, and it was actually one of my most traumatic experiences, uh, waking up, and he had just passed, Aww. and my dad had called me, and he was, Flash passed, and uh, what had happened was, like, my dad woke up, and he was going to the kennel, and, like, he just looked up at him, and had his last breaths, and just died, Aww. right there, yeah, and we were going to take him to the vet that day, because we could tell he wasn't feeling well, mm-hmm. uh, but carrying that lifeless body is one of the most traumatic things I've, I've oh, experienced. Wow. How old were you? Uh, that was 2017 or something like that, so I was in my 20s. Okay. But like, oof, it still got me. Because yeah. I mean, like, 12 years old, like that, that's basically a brother, you know, yeah. a little kid at that point. Yeah. Uh, so, it, you know, it was pretty traumatic. Um, but... My brother got a dog, and we watch him every once in a while. Coda, he's such a chill dog. It well, helps. Will you ever get another pet? I really want a dog, mm-hmm. uh, but I share the house with my parents. I live upstairs. I rent out the upstairs mm-hmm. essentially, 
and they don't want a dog right now. They like watching Coda every once in a while because he's very chill, but I don't know. Also, uh, right now at least, since I'm at the museum all day, I would feel bad having a dog because I'd have to, you know, put him up every day. And I want a dog that basically, like, can follow me around everywhere I go, you know, like, share that experience. Mm, it could be your um, emotional support dog. Yeah. <laughs> or my, uh, just my buddy. <laughs> my uh, right-hand man, you know, right-hand dog. Um, hmm. What was the last restaurant you ate at? Last restaurant I ate at is a sushi place called MF Sushi. It is MF Sushi, like motherfucking sushi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's right near the Museum of Fine Arts. Like, oh, so is it Museum of Fine Sushi? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that's that's kind of what I associated it with. Uh-huh. It was delicious. Oh man, I've been at sushi I in forever. Recommend it mm. for sure. It's right down the street from me. You could walk. Just down the street from Museum of Fine Arts, and it's right there. Have you been to the Kinder Building? Mm-mm. The new one? No, yeah, I me haven't. neither. I haven't. It's only open on the same days we're open, so it's just like mm. I'll have to go on a vacation day one day. Is it paid? Do you have to pay to go in there? Probably. Okay. Wonder if Thursdays they're doing anything free there. You know how? Uh, yeah, usually Thursdays. Yeah. Is their free day? Um. Uh, but the Manila is free every day for y'all listening. <laughs> Go visit Sean. Come see me at the Manila, but don't try to kill me or something. That would suck if you're like a person who does that and aren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, don't no stalkers. Yeah, no, no stalkers. No no violent people. People are gonna come and hurt the art and such. Uh, a few years ago, before I started working there, I can't remember the year. A guy came in and spray painted one of the Pablo Picassos. Oh, I think I remember yeah, that. Yeah, it was kind of a pretty big deal. And then he got, like, uh, two years of jail. But it basically launched his art career. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, he got all this press and everything. And then, Who you know, is it? I can't remember his name. I'd have to Google uh... it. But, I mean, it, it, I'm not going to lie. As, pers- as a personal artist, I do think it's kind of genius. Like, yes, he did hurt this art piece. Mm-hmm. But that's... In the grand scheme of things, what it did really do. Yeah. Yeah. It got all this attention. That's that's kind of what you want art to do. You want it to spark this emotion. And he's basically just like reclaiming art. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he got a reaction out of people, right? And that's the whole purpose of art is to evoke emotion and reaction. And he did it. Uh, But that gallery (laughs) attendant is no longer there. I'll tell you that. And they did it. It's on. You can watch the video. Oh, it's really? On YouTube. Yeah. Well, have His to friend watch it. took a video of him doing it. Wow. Which that's two things the gallery attendant missed. You can't be on your phones, and you can't be spray painting art. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. They must have been like in another room or something. Did they maybe think that it was like a you know? They're like, oh, maybe it's the art restorer that's coming in here to to, to no. clean the Picasso. <laughs> no, everyone wears badges. You, you know the oh. employees. Now, sometimes there will be an employee coming in uh, to take photos of the stuff, and we won't know because they'll, like, hide their badge or something like that, and it's like, excuse me, no photos, and they're like, oh, I work here. It's like, oh, oh, sorry. Wear your badge. Yeah. Uh, Which is silly. It's like, only the exclusive people can photograph the art, but the people can't photograph the art. Because it's a private collection. Right, yeah. And so there's, like, legalities in it because the Damon Nils own the art. Mm-hmm. 
rather than a public collection, which is for the people. Right. Yeah, which I, it's really unfortunate because I really love going to the Twombly Museum and I'm, the gallery, and I'm always like, oh, I wish I could take a picture. But yeah. you can't. No. no. Uh, now, I'll give you a loophole. Mm-hmm. We have a ton of books up at the front in the Twombly building, and we have some that are specifically for that gallery. Just take all the photos from that book. Okay. They're high digital quality <laughs> photos. Okay. You know. Um, what an interesting guy, such Wombly. Yeah. Um, what was the last piece of art that moved you? I, I the Twombly Gallery when yeah. I was there on what was I there? Uh, Sun was it Sunday? Saturday. Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. It was mo- no Sunday. It was Sunday. Mother's Day. Yeah, it was it was Sunday. Mother's Day. Yeah, I really, I really love his work. It's just so moving, and going into the. The room, well, the, that first room there to the right, where it looks like it's clouds. The biggest painting, mm-hmm. the Sacred Body Catalyst mm-hmm. or whatever. I love that. It just makes me feel like I'm floating mm-hmm. in the sky. It's the biggest piece I've ever seen. And then the next room just literally transports me to like the Amazon. I feel like I'm in the Amazon. The going, green room. Yes. Yeah. And then the next room. Uh, makes me feel like I'm at the scene of a crime. Someone has been murdered. <laughs> I know at a, exactly at what a you hotel, mean. and it and it just it makes me think of like um, like a woman was murdered or something. Wow. Because there's just so much pink and red everywhere, and it, it's just it it's it's like it feels like there was a lot of sensuality happening, and mm-hmm. then this passion was happening, and then this murder happened so uh it's not a murder per se Mm -hmm. but fun fact about that piece that i was reading uh so the whole piece is all five paintings Mm -hmm. uh that whole room Mm -hmm. and so he felt that those were some of his most beautiful pieces that he ever did Mm -hmm. and he uh, he lived in italy uh once he met his wife they moved there Uh, he was from virginia um but that middle piece there's a big old red blotch Mm -hmm. That was the last thing that he added to that series. Mm-hmm. And in ancient Italian tradition, if a woman was born too beautiful, the other women would get jealous and cut her cheek and basically mm-hmm. mar her cheek, mar her beauty. Mm-hmm. And that red blotch is the mar of beauty for that series because mm-hmm. he was like, this is too beautiful, I have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Interesting. Yeah, I mean that... I mean, I, I get that there that there's like bloodshed. You know, there was like blood happened here. <laughs> That's because there I is a lot of emotion in yeah. those pieces. Yeah, there is. Um, hmm. What was the last vacation you went on? It has been a bit. Uh, I mean, technically, if I were to give like a, I guess a half answer. Uh, I took vacation days for my birthday a few weeks ago, but I didn't go anywhere. So, I mean, it, it, does that count as a vacation? Um, really, I can't remember, though. Uh, I think the last, like, vacation vacation I took was, like, four or five years ago. My family and I, uh, we all, like, took a cruise, like a week-long cruise. Hmm, that was nice. Uh... Can't remember now. Um, three spots, three different islands, but I cannot. Uh, Cozumel was one of them. Okay. Uh, and then Jamaica, and 
one other spot that's near Jamaica, but I can't remember the name. Okay. Uh, but Jamaica was definitely the best part. <laughs> I was like, that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you? What was the last vacation you took? Um, well, I went to New Orleans a few weekends ago. Yeah, how was that? It was fun. I really enjoyed it. I got to spend time with my friend Chris. Uh, went on a date while I was there. Ooh. Wow. Um, connected with a very lovely woman. And yeah, had a bunch of good food. Walked around a bunch. It's a nice walk. Oh, yeah, it is. I really, I really enjoyed it. Man, what is that like? Going to another place and then like, how did you get into the date? Did you like find that date when you got there or like? Yeah, well, I just hopped on Bumble. Using dating apps in different cities is my favorite thing. Yeah? I don't really like. I bet you you can't meet some people. I don't really like using them where I live. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Yeah. it's just like a lot of people that I know or like. Oh, I know this person. They dated my friend or whatever. So it's just like going to a new city and... I swiped you on Tinder. Oh, you did? I'm on Tinder? Or maybe it was Bumble. But yeah, I definitely swiped you on one of those, on one of the apps. Oh, I don't... I, well... I don't know what what you um, I have yourself identified as on there, but I don't I don't see any any men or any uh, only women. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I gave just up. Just not interested right now. I just gave up on the the male or the cis men or male presenting for now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of feel, uh, or at least I personally think feel the repercussions of that it's like i think a lot of by first glance i look like a cis male mm-hmm. i mean i am a male mm-hmm. but i'm non-binary and right i would say that i'm more close to a lesbian right. but I'm, okay. I'm not a female and yeah. so it, yeah. it, i can't claim that word you know because right uh but and so I'm, I'm still in that learning process yeah you know would you um identify or have you ever considered identifying as trans i don't feel trans yeah i don't feel like i need to that I'm transitioning in anything. Right. I feel that I am who I am. Yeah. You know that, uh, but that's why I feel queer because mm-hmm. I'm. I definitely do not feel cis masculine. Yeah. Right. For sure. And so if that's what makes me queer, you know, then yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I'll, yeah, I, accept I, that. I, uh, yeah, I. Well, for a long time, I haven't dated cisgender men, and then I've. Most of the partners I've had are male presenting, but identified as non-binary, but still had a lot of, what's the word? Toxic reflection, I would say. I guess, yeah, like, you know, learned misogyny Mm -hmm. um, that was just very representative of what cis men um, believe and practice and preach and you know um, push on other people yeah and so at this point i'm just like okay let me just take a break from <laughs> from anyone i mean i can't yeah. blame you you know like yeah so because trauma just breeds more trauma and so it's like if you keep dealing with the same crap from cisgendered men you know then it's just right. like why should i even deal with it like, right right and and what the other thing that's kind of unfortunate like on bumble I can't switch what I identify as. It won't let me for some reason. Really? Yeah. So when I first started the Bumble app, which was years ago, like maybe six years ago or five years ago, 
I was identifying, still identifying as woman, but I identify as demi-femme or non-binary, and it won't let me change it, so it's like... You should email them. Be yeah. like, yo, what the hell? Right, <laughs> because it's like, you know, like... If, if, uh, because a lot of times I'm having to ask people, like, what are your pronouns? Um, and some people are just like, why? Yeah. <laughs> because it's important oh, to Oh, what me. are you, sis? <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me about Demi, Demi Femme. I don't uh, know a lot about that. What does that mean? Uh, so like all. It, so for me, it means that most of the time I don't, I'm gender neutral. Mm-hmm. And... A smaller percentage of the time I feel more feminine, but not necessarily woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what the demi-femme is. Man, I, I am very curious to see where the next 20, 30 years go. Now that, like, all these things are more acceptable, and mm-hmm. you're seeing a lot more of it because of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, you you still have the opposition to that. Of course. Yeah. And it's... I think it's tricky. It's been tricky for me anyway, because... Um, well, like this last person I dated, when we first met, he identified as cisgender male, and then towards the end of our relationship, they were exploring more with a non-gendered lifestyle and language, and because they didn't have any previous um, spaces where they could explore questions like that, um, it became, he, or they became very resentful towards me for taking on the educator role. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, And I you're the only one. Right, and that. I'm like, I don't want to do that, but yeah. you're asking the questions and I have some answers or I have some resources, right? And so it's like, what am I going to do? Just say no, yeah. figure it out on your own? Like, I feel like that's kind of mean, yeah. right? And so then but it's I also run... like, it shouldn't be your duty to give him right, everything. Right, exactly. And so then that. I run into this, into this issue of like, I'd like to date someone that has, that has done the work or, or is comfortable being on their own when it comes to exploring their gender or sexuality and, um, And not saying that I don't want to support people in that, but I don't want to have to do most of that. Yeah, you don't want to be the sole person. You're not like their therapist. Right, right. (laughs) And so what that means for me is that it's like, okay, well, I have to do a lot of vetting. Mm. It's like, okay, well, where are you? Like, what do you identify as? And what is your understanding of your identity? And, you know, how are you learning? How are you growing? And do you have a support system already that accepts you for who you are and understands you? And so it's, it's a little and it's tough. It is tough for people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, when was the last time you felt discriminated against? Uh, whew. I'd say probably in my workplace. Um, Mostly because I have shared my pronouns with all of my coworkers several times, and um, you know I get little underhanded comments here and there, mm. and that feels very hurtful. Yeah, yeah. It's just so passive. Yeah. It's like 
it really makes you feel just like an ant, you know? And, and it, it sucks because, you know, I've done a lot of work to put distance between most of my family because, you know, they, they're, they're very conservative and very religious. And so anything outside of that, you know, gets judged and criticized pretty harshly. So I've had to make some decisions to, you know, cut ties with my family and you know thinking that okay well like at work we'll probably keep you know mostly keep it professional but then some people feel a little too comfortable making mm-hmm. underhand underhanded comments or uh discriminatory comments and it, it's just like well this is my job <laughs> you know it's like i can't just quit it <laughs> right? that's the worst thing that's like such a a world problem. You can't even say just American right, issue, no, it's, but like it's everywhere. Yeah, it really is everywhere. You're just stuck in this spot. You're a wage slave. You know, it's like you have to work to do these things, and then mm-hmm. it's like you can't try to address issues to solve things because depending on who's in charge, you say the right. wrong thing. They're just right. like, "What? Who yeah. are you to tell yeah. me this?" Yeah, because everyone has biases, right? And it's even if you go to HR, HR has biases mm-hmm. and they're passionate about certain things and not passionate about other things. Yeah. And so if you go to them with your thing, it may be the thing that they're not passionate about. Ugh. Right. And so then it gets pushed to the side and that's everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, what do we do about that? I mean, for me, it's just been to advocate for myself, to advocate for others and to take breaks, right? Yeah. Because I can't do it twenty four seven. Gosh, yes. So it's like, okay, this week I'm gonna I'm gonna be a strong voice for this, and I'm not gonna let up, and I'm gonna reach out to people, and I'm gonna see who I need to talk to, and then I'll take a break for like two or three weeks, and then I'll I'll do it again, right? So that it's sounds like, super healthy. I have to because it's like I can't. You would quit otherwise. I can't do it twenty four seven. Yeah, I can't do it twenty four seven. You get completely burned out. Yep. Man woman <laughs> oh oh we're 30 minutes in do you have any last nice. things to say uh this has been such a great conversation yeah i love these types of conversations yeah they're fun just kind of like spitfire little questions that's it uh got any plugs plugs uh follow me on instagram hey v o k v e e listen to broad thoughts on all podcast platforms and DM me. I'm always interested to have conversations with people about anything that's happening politically or socially. Always down to engage in that type of dialogue. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all heard her, uh, them. Uh, please message her with any things that y'all like to talk about and please support V on Instagram and Venmo and PayPal. All right, thanks for listening, y'all. Thanks.